When you need your work truck to work as hard as you do, trust Delphi Technologies to deliver the parts built for the toughest work environments. From construction sites to long distance hauling, go with the aftermarket supplier known for its 100 plus years of OE heritage and expertise. Go to DelphiAftermarket.com today. Hi, my name is Dean Law. I'm from the Laws Automotive, and this is the Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast. host Andrew Ross. I'm here with Dean Law, a contributor to uh, Indie Garage, and uh, he's been on uh, some of our other productions before. Now, Dean is in Portage La Prairie, Manitoba. Now, Portage La Prairie, for those who don't know, is uh, not too uh, distant from major urban centers, but uh, it is certainly not one itself. And uh, Dean recently uh, came to my attention that he's making a significant time and monetary investment in upping his EV expertise. So I wanted, thought it would be interesting for somebody who's obviously not in a major center to a uh, major population center to walk us through his decision-making process in hopes that other shops who are in a similar situation might get something from it. So Dean, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. So yeah, uh, first of all, I think for for those who don't know, uh, tell our folks about uh, a little bit about where you are, a little bit about your shop, and then we'll we'll uh, get into uh, your kind of decision making on uh, on the training. All right. Well, we're in Portage. Uh, people call it just Portage or Portage La Prairie, just about uh, forty minutes from Winnipeg. Uh, population here is about fourteen thousand people. Uh, it's small, but not that small. It's uh, kind of right in the middle. Uh, the pool for hiring people is really small, which is sucks. Uh, the reason why we're going towards EV is uh, just for the simple fact things are changing and they're changing really fast and really quick. Uh, our Brian Palliser is really trying to push uh, to get the carbon taxes lower for us. Unfortunately, it's kind of a losing battle with the Paris Accord. If people want to look into that, it's a very good, uh, very good accord, but there's a lot of downsides to it. Uh, I'm looking preventively uh, carbon taxes. How are they going to tax people correctly? So I, we have a gas analyzer. I'm pretty sure they're going to get to the point that they're going to start saying, hey, you know what? We need to see how much CO2 your car is emitting because we need to be able to, just like transport businesses, uh, private uh, vehicles, how can we tax you correctly? And it's going to get to the point that, okay, let's do a smog test on your cars. So once people start getting that, then they're going to start realizing, hey, wait, this is starting to cost a lot of money at the pump, starting to cost a lot of money on our cars, on the roads. People are going to be very frustrated, but it's a losing battle. Uh, for us, we've seen the curve. I've been following the curve uh, since uh, 2005, 2004, really. I've seen the first Tesla motor from a patent. Uh, really awesome motor, the way that it's designed. Uh, and there's a few different other um, designs that I've seen. I'm not going to say too much about it because I'm sure Tesla is going to be bringing that out. But uh, I'm just going to keep quiet about that because I don't want other companies finding out about different designs of motors. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's really exciting. I've, I've been following it for a while, but I want to up my voltage. I want to become I see the trend and I see the wave, just like the guys back in the 80s. A lot of people are just like, oh, there's electronics and all this, it's not going to last. 
That's no different than let's go back to the beginning. The horse and buggy, right? Right. How long and how many companies? This is my terminology I came up with, and I'm telling everybody the same way. Back in the day when they had horses, there was a, ter- a tremendous amount of horses that were being raised and bred specifically to do certain works, uh, horse and buggy for people to get around. Uh, then Clydesdale, different types of Clydesdales to do different type of jobs because they need more, more power. Uh, then all of a sudden this little piston pounding engine comes out and they go, what is this? You know, our horses can go on just sleep and a little bit of oats and that, and we're good to go. Where are you going to get your fuel from? You're on the middle of nowhere. Where are you going to get your fuel? Our horses are not good. You're not going to be able to do what our horses do. And that was a losing battle right from the beginning. And I like to use that as a terminology today, just to really get it through to people's heads that gasoline should have been out since 1920. Uh, We can talk about it now. Uh, The first full electric vehicle was out in 1920. The gasoline companies basically went to the car companies and said, hey, you know what? Drop your prices. We're going to pay. Let's squash the electric vehicle back from then. Today is a little bit different. Uh, There's a lot more things happening with the Paris Accord, like I said. And once people start looking into it and after re- seeing this podcast, check it out. Trust me, you won't, uh, you won't regret actually informing yourself, especially being in the automotive field, because there are so many people who got to the point that uh, vacuum advance was the, the, the tech and all of a sudden uh, variable valve timing came out. <laughs> but in the 80s, guys are starting to hang up their tool belts going like, I have no idea what this stuff is about. Right. Today, right. today we have close to 100 well, 100 million lines of data going on in a computer, LIN systems, high and low bus systems, cam systems, flexory systems, this, this stuff you need to know. Um, and that's all drive-by-wire electronics, drive-by-wire uh, steering, drive-by-wire braking, drive-by-wire, everything's going drive-by-wire. There's no communicate, there's no direct link from your accelerator pedal to your engine anymore. Right. There's only a direct link from the steering shaft to your to the rack, but the rack has a big motor on it that turns it and assists you that way instead of having a pump. Same thing with vacuum pumps, taking the vacuum away from the engine, having a pump on the car, producing vacuum for your brakes. Yeah, yeah. EVs, they're, they're already, there's no brake booster on an EV. On Toyota Priuses, you'll look, there's no brake booster. It's actually directly tied into the electronic brake control module. So things are changing, they're changing fast. And if, People don't get on board and they don't see what's happening and the trend that's happening. Uh, in about eight years, you're going to be going, where am I going to get this training? We, we have to do something now. And when people are going to be working on full electric vehicles that are going to have high voltage, and I mean like very, very high voltage, you need the training on that. You need to become certified to work on them because any insurance company they won't touch you if they find out you're working on full electric vehicles that can actually if it's not done right kill people yep uh, or their technician that's working on it like the training that we're going to be taking through acdc um training is it's all about safety and you got to make a room specifically just to work on these battery packs and so you can actually disable them or if you're doing your testing on them or even for the customer's safety you can't Google this stuff. There's no, this, they haven't been out long enough to Google search something and be like, oh yeah, well, this is what I'll do. And there, right. you need to be certified. It's just plain and simple. Before right. you really start touching something, you don't know what you're doing. 
Right, right. I had a, a, a conversation some time ago now for some other work we were doing uh, and, you know, the shop tech, the tech was telling me sort of half jokingly, I need to make sure you have a sort of 20 foot two by four in the in in the shop was like, he's like well i'm not really kidding because he said you need if somebody actually finds himself compromised and and uh, you know exposed you know has, has made you know grounded to to the high voltage you need a way to get them off it <laughs> yeah you know and 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 uh, these are things that uh you know i mean he was sort of again kind of joke kidding on the square but but these are the major concerns you need different tools you need to have uh, certainly equipment we've i think most of uh the folks who are professionals out there have seen some information about having the the proper uh high voltage gloves and some other kind of basic yeah. tools but you know there there are some real procedures that that you need to be aware of but beyond that uh you need to know how to fix these things too right absolutely you have to have an understanding yeah. uh, and just like you said with the tools they have an expiration date on them they don't last forever you know so and yeah yeah even the oscilloscopes that's all they're going to be using you need to know how to use oscilloscopes right don't be scared right. start using them right now one of the questions is so you know you're you know obviously doing this you're making some investments in your time and and funds to to up your competency levels i mean you're a pretty strong technical guy anyway i think it's it's fair to say but are, are you actually seeing uh, vehicles now or is it something that you're really just trying to lay the good foundation for yourself and your business to be prepared we have been working on EV vehicles, but we haven't been working on the electronic side of the EV vehicles just because I want to get become knowledgeable. I want to become informed before I start playing around with something that I don't understand. Uh, that's where getting educated and schooled is something that a lot of people nowadays, they don't want to, I don't know why they don't want it, but our civilizations fought forever to become, to become uh, schooled and educated. And that's, we have all this information at our fingertips and we just, a lot of people don't want to be bothered with it. So for me, before I even touch anything, yes, absolutely. I want to know how the gen one, gen two and gen three systems work on the full electric vehicles, besides the general maintenance of changing the coolant in the, uh, EV system, which needs to be done. And, the oil in the engine and the spark plugs like there's still going to be a lot of things air conditioning and everything else but that air conditioning pump is a high voltage pump now it's not being run by a belt so laying that groundwork now and getting a uh, actually to be honest i'm behind my time i should have done this years ago but uh i need to do it now uh, before ev vehicles like now nissan's coming out with it ford's coming out with it they have the the mach one or was it the mach three uh, the yep. Hummer is coming out. That's full electric. All these full electric vehicles are all not full electric, but hybrid vehicles are coming out and full electric vehicles are coming out. You need to you need to see this curve of time and you need to see what's happening. And you, you need to really to lay that groundwork is important. Now, uh, there's no easy, quick response that, OK, well, we need to figure out how this new timing on this engine is, you know, like on a mechanical engine. Well, you have a mechanical working brain. You can learn what you've what you've done you can kind of mold and shift towards the mechanical stuff but with right. the electronic side you can't do that you can if you want but for me i'm not going to make any videos on youtube about high high voltage videos uh how to do the battery packs and how to do this i'm not doing any of that stuff because i don't want to be liable for right. anything that could happen to anybody so yeah. that's where 
not too many people like myself. I'm not going to be really making that many videos on that stuff. Just for the yeah. simple fact, you need the training. You need the understanding. Um, considering the area that I'm going to be working with, with the full electrics, this is going to be a loaded gun to me. Right. That's my terminology. It's a loaded gun, and I got to. I have to treat it as a loaded gun. How how are we gonna uh, like? We got to control it. You, you don't show somebody. You need the training. I, I can't. Right. I can't right. stress that enough. Until people start killing themselves, I guess. I I don't want to say that, but I'm I'm a straightforward guy, and people are gonna start saying, well, you know, my son just got killed at this garage, and well, the boss told him to go and do this, and. He had no idea what he was doing. Right, right. A couple of videos that, you know. So. For sure. You know, these are really significant concerns, uh, uh, yeah. you know, for professional shops in terms of both their competency in, in the ability to serve their marketplace and, and repair the vehicles of their, their customers, but also as a workplace, right? You need Absolutely. to really ensure that, that you not only have the equipment, but that folks are trained properly because, uh, you know, the, as you said, these are very high voltage, certain components, certain areas of these systems are very high voltage and, uh, you know, you can be uh, hurt or worse, right? Exactly. So tell me a little bit about the kind of outlook. How much is the kind of training and time investment that you're looking at? Well, the time is going to be at least uh, two to three more years. We'll be going to uh, Boston first, to Craig's place, and that training is going to be around $5,800 US. So you can convert that, but that gives you your, like we just talked with him last night, super awesome guy, knowledgeable. Wow. Yep. Like him and I, we jive. Uh, nice. really good person to know about his electronics because he can explain it to you if you don't understand. Yeah, but yeah. that gives you your hotel room, your food your transportation besides you getting to Boston. So right. you're looking at probably around $7,400 or seven grand. Yeah. So that's a, that's a significant investment. We are kind of doing a little bit of shorthand where Dean is talking about Craig Van Battenberg's ACDC training facility and programs, well-known facility and well-known uh, uh, trainer, top-notch, top-notch stuff. So uh, and look him up uh, if, if you don't already know, uh, but it's well worth a look for you. Uh, but as you say, it is a significant investment for, for really uh, strong training, right? Absolutely. Uh, you get that. And then you go there, you're implementing batteries and your, the, the motors and everything else. Then we're going to go to Toronto uh, after that. Not, then about a year after that, after more training, I'm going to go to Toronto and then I'm going to be implementing uh, batteries and motors and into vehicles. And my, my big main uh, direction is going to be doing conversions because okay. uh, a lot of people are going to see the, the huge benefits of going towards a converted vehicle. And the government of Canada is going to give people breaks on that. Right. Uh, okay, well, we're going to give you money for, for driving a full electric vehicle. Well, how are they going to do that? Uh, I'll be the first to say it. They're going to charge you, the gasoline person, they're going to charge you a tax. And that tax is going to come to the full electric vehicles. Right. And that's where it's going to come from. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously some of that is, you know, in the political arena. So who knows, but it's certainly, <laughs> it's apparent if you look at the investments at the automaker level, uh, yeah. as well as the, you know, investments, both in facilities and production and their, their outlook, as well as what they're saying in their marketing, uh, oh, you know, it's, it's all about, uh, you know, electric EVs and hybrids, uh, right now and plugins, uh, you know, yeah. all of it, uh, you know, very, 
very little uh, push for, uh, there's some, some Halo vehicles, of course, with, with yeah, you just, know, 700, like... 800 horsepower for this or that. But the big uh, uh, kind of mass production push is, is for the electric vehicles, whether that's, uh, you know, Ford's uh, multi-billion dollar investments, uh, uh, GM, uh, you know, GM even, even redoing their logo to make it more ev kind of uh you know, appropriate and it's it, you know this is this is a really foundational stuff for for these organizations yeah. uh and represents a significant shift obviously volvo's going full electric they're not going to have any piston engine i think and i think they're already on top of that right now there's going to yeah. be no petroleum engines in volvo anymore uh, in quebec this is something that really pushed us i'm pointing towards my east right now in Quebec, they're going to be by 2030 or 2031, they said it's going to be legal to buy any petroleum vehicle. So that, that really made me go, whoa, okay. Quebec is putting a, their foot forward. Everybody else is going to start following behind. Sure, sure. And, you know, and I guess, you know, for folks out there, you know, you may hope against hope that, well, maybe that'll get rolled back or pushed out or, you know, whatever, again, political stuff, but, but it, it, it's coming regardless, right? So yes, it's coming, it's coming fast. Uh, the political arena has been happening for the last 100 years. Yeah. So it's a losing battle right now. The only people who are going to lose that are the ones that are not going to step forward and say, hey, let's uh, at least get trained. Right, right. At least right. get the training and be prepared, and uh, and and uh, you know get on that training journey, right? Because it's yeah. not just, hey, I'm going to go to go get trained and I'm then I'm good. It's like, well, you know, no, it's years. It takes a few years to get trained. It's right. something that you, it'll make or break you. It's better having it now and not needing it than needing it not having it, right? So. Right. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, that's a that's a, that's a really good good place to to wrap up on. Is it better to yep. need it and, and not need it and have it uh, until and then you know somebody rolls in and you you're you're prepared than than to suddenly find yourself in a situation where you're you know several years behind to get yourself uh, competent in a certain area, and uh, you know then your customers are you're no longer able to to serve your longstanding customers because their vehicles have changed and you know the aftermarket of, of uh, has been you know really. Uh, a stalwart and being able to keep pace with the service needs of, of, of uh, local markets. And uh, so it's kind of an obligation, right? Yes, it is. Good stuff. All right, Dean, thank you so much. I uh, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, I'm Andrew Ross. I big shout out to Hannah for the production on the Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast. We'll see you soon. Everybody be safe, be strong. Take care. Okay. to you by the publishers of Indie Garage and Jobber Nation. Connect with us online at indiegarage.ca and jobbernation.ca, a brand of chat integrated media. Pothole damage to a vehicle's chassis is always a concern, no matter the size or time of year. If the worst does happen, you can count on Delphi Technologies steering and suspension parts to get your customers back on the road again. Learn more at delphiaftermarket.com.